Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the April 4th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're looking at number 668 to 677 of the Catechism. Article 7. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. 1. He will come again in glory. Christ already reigns through the church. 668. Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Christ's ascension into heaven signifies his participation in his humanity, in God's power and authority. Jesus Christ is Lord. He possesses all power in heaven and on earth. He is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. For the Father has put all things under his feet. Christ is Lord of the cosmos and of history. In him human history and indeed all creation are set forth and transcendentally fulfilled. 669. As Lord, Christ is also head of the church which is his body, taken up to heaven and glorified after he had thus fully accomplished his mission, Christ dwells on earth in his church. The redemption is the source of the authority that Christ, by virtue of the Holy Spirit, exercises over the church. The kingdom of Christ is already present in mystery, on earth the seed and the beginning of the kingdom. 670. Since the ascension, God's plan has entered into its fulfilment. We are already at the last hour. Already the final age of the world is with us, and the renewal of the world is irrevocably underway. It is even now anticipated in a certain real way, for the church on earth is endowed already with a sanctity that is real but imperfect. Christ's kingdom already manifests its presence through the miraculous signs that attend its proclamation by the church, until all things are subjected to him. 671. Though already present in his church, Christ's reign is nevertheless yet to be fulfilled with power and great glory by the king's return to earth. The reign is still under attack by the evil powers, even though they have been defeated definitively by Christ's Passover, until everything is subject to him until there be realised new heavens and a new earth, in which justice dwells. The pilgrim church in her sacraments and institutions, which belong to this present age, carries the mark of of this world, which will pass, and she herself takes her place among the creatures, which groan and travail, yet and await the revelation of the sons of God. That is why Christians pray above all, in the Eucharist to hasten Christ's return by saying to him, Maran Atha, our Lord come. 672. Before the ascension, Christ affirmed that the hour had not yet come for the glorious establishment of the messianic kingdom awaited by Israel, which, according to the prophets, was to bring all men to the definitive order of justice, love and peace, according to the Lord The present time is the time of the Spirit and of witness, but also a time still marked by distress and the trial of evil, which does not spare the Church, and ushers in the struggles of the last days 
in a time of waiting and watching. The glorious advent of Christ, the hope of Israel. Since the ascension, Christ's coming in glory has been imminent, even though it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority. This eschatological coming could be accomplished at any moment, but even if both it and the final trial that preceded are delayed. 674. The glorious Messiah's coming is suspended at every moment of history until his recognition by all Israel, for a hardening has come upon part of Israel in their unbelief towards Jesus. St. Peter says to the Jews of Jerusalem after Pentecost, Repent therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven and whom heaven must receive, until the time for establishing all that God spoke by the mouth of his prophets of old. St. Paul echoes him. For if the rejection means the reconciliation of the, of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from death? The full inclusion of the Jews in the Messiah's salvation in the wake of the full number of the Gentiles will enable the people of God to achieve the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in which God may be all in all. The Church's Ultimate Trial 675 Before Christ's second coming, the Church must pass through a final trial that will shake the faith of many believers. This persecution that accompanies her pilgrimage on earth will unveil the mystery of iniquity in the form of a religious deception offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist, a pseudo-Messiahism, by which man glorifies himself in place of God and of his Messiah come in the flesh. 676. The Antichrist's deception already begins to take shape in the world every time the claim is made to realise within history the messianic hope, which can only be realised beyond history. Through the eschatological judgment, the Church has rejected even modified forms of this falsification of the kingdom to come under the name of millenarianism, especially the intrinsically perverse political form of secular messianism. 677. The Church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover, when she will follow her Lord in death and resurrection. The kingdom will be fulfilled then, not by historic triumph of the Church, through a progressive ascendancy, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil, which will cause his bride to come down from heaven. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. So very well, we're talking about the coming of Christ again and that this is part of the faith that we are a, a church a, a community of believers that calls out Maranatha 
that calls out, Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha is an ancient Aramaic prayer, the language that Jesus spoke. So it's an ancient prayer of the very earliest church that means, Come, Lord, come soon. We're waiting for you. And this is how the church is, inviting Jesus to come back. Not afraid. Not saying, I hope he won't come back for a long time yet. But inviting him, waiting for him to come. That the church is uh, anxious to see Jesus. And this is, again, something we need ourselves. We need to regain this trust in Christ. A trust that is not afraid. Perfect love casts out fear, we're told. And that this perfect love will cast out any fear we have of God. It's true, we're not worthy. It's true that we are sinners. But if we realise our sin, we repent. If you have something on your conscience, you go to confession. And then continue. Because God is close by. And he wants to help us. And this is really the experience of, of an adult faith. A true faith, a full faith. Knows that God is good. And isn't afraid of his coming. And so we're invited to have this. To have this type of faith. A faith not merely in the existence of God. I mean, that's fine. But a deep faith that knows God's goodness, that trusts his goodness, and knows that when he comes in glory, it's the same Christ that's coming back. Oftentimes you kind of get the idea when Jesus is talking about the coming again, or when Christians are talking about Jesus coming back again, it's as if the first time Jesus came, he was uh, so loving, so good, so kind, so merciful. And the one that comes at the end of time seems nearly to be his evil twin brother who comes with a baseball bat to, to attack people, to have vengeance. No, this is wrong. It's the same Christ who comes back again. The same Christ who is merciful. The same Christ who is loving. The same Christ who invites us to follow him. So we don't have to be afraid. So we can continue tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll be looking at 678 to 679. God bless.